when you listen to that audio, I mean, you hear him saying things like, I'll show you an example. These are the papers. And then there's this sort of rustling sound again, where he appears to be referring to this document about a potential attack on Iran. And he's in this you know, meeting, we know, with autobiographers who are working on a Mark Meadows autobiography with two staffers, none of whom have clearance. And he also acknowledges that this is not a declassified document and that he no longer has the power because he is no longer the president of the United States to declassify it. And he's sort of callous in how he's discussing this. You know, everyone's laughing. Objection. Objection, Your Honor. She's calling for an opinion. This testimony has opinion all over it. CNN is out of their minds. This is CNN. More Trump obsessed than ever. And by the way, it's the Chris Plant Show. Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. Uh, CNN is spending a little time on anything other than Donald Trump. And the tape that just miraculously was leaked to them. And I love how the rest of the mainstream media has leapt upon this and said, in a recording obtained by MSNBC or NBC News or whatever news agency, Donald Trump appears to be admitting that he has classified... Ah, Trump responded, says he did not show secret documents. So who leaked it? Who leaked it? Is it Jack Smith? Somebody at the DOJ, somebody else. I, I wish we had cameras on Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. They might be rubbing their hands like Mr. Smithers on The Simpsons going, we got him now. Excellent. Excellent. But it's an audio tape. It's audio. Who recorded it? How do we know what happened before and after? It, it is one of those moments that needs context it's one of those moments that needs truth behind it. Have you heard it? Did you sit and listen to it? It's an audio recording exclusively obtained by CNN. Apparently, allegedly happened in July of 2021. As Donald Trump was uh, talking about classified documents. Let's let's dive into this a little bit, shall we? These are bad, sick people. That, but, was, that was your coup, you know, the, against you. That's well, it started they, right at the like beginning. Like when Millie's talking about, oh, you were going to try to do a coup. No, they, they were right. trying to do that before you even were sworn in. So these are people who are staffers of Mr. Trump's, and they're pointing out the obvious. The things we've known, that since Donald Trump came down the stairs, the escalator, at uh, the, the moving stairs... At Trump Tower, when he came down the escalator with Melania, when he was announcing, they immediately started going after him because you saw the tsunami of support that was coming up for this outsider. How dare we let him in? They're talking about the various attacks that continued throughout Trump's presidency and have gone even past the presidency now. Trying to overthrow your election. Well, with Millie, uh, let me see that. I'll, I'll show you an example. He said that I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't it amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look. Let's now, Donald Trump's saying, look, and let me show you. CNN has pounced on it and said, well, that proves he was showing it. Does it? 
because couldn't he just mention and reference something in in the ta- in the uh, the the printed material? It continues a little more from the two minutes of audio that CNN claims was exclusively obtained by them leaked. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Defense Department and him. We looked at some. This was him. So Trump is saying that Milley and the Defense Department was planning an attack on Iran. And we're being told that Trump was planning an attack. Interesting, right? It does sound like Milley was going after Mr. Trump. This wasn't done by me. This was him. All sorts of stuff. It's pages long. Wait a minute. Let's see here. I, st- I still want to know who's recording this. <laughs> yeah. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know. So Donald Trump believes that this is going to help him exonerate himself. And I, I just wonder if this might even get the case thrown out. We have to ask an attorney. I'm going to reach out to an attorney after the show today. I know a I know a, a prosecutor out in California who might have a thing or two to say about this, and we'll also ask if uh, the possibility of the judge in the Hunter Biden case saying, um, we're not going to accept the plea deal. There are too many bits of information coming out that show Hunter Biden was likely involved in some pretty nasty crimes, some very lucrative crimes for him and Joe and Jill and Jimmy Biden, and all the members of the Biden crime family, down to his granddaughter. Very interesting. This will be the lead all day today until we get something on CNN, until we get something to throw the Trump derangement syndrome off the front. I'm guessing the only thing that would do that would be a controversial Supreme Court ruling. I don't think so. And I think we're going to get a controversial Supreme Court ruling today ah these people as christopher likes to say uh 496 days away from an election we're 496 days away from an election and if you listen to the left they think it's going to be joe biden against donald trump if you listen to the right we, many of us on the right, don't believe Joe Biden's going to make it to the finish line. I don't. I don't think Joe Biden's going to be the candidate. And I also believe it's a pretty much a 50-50 shot whether Mr. Trump will get there. He's currently leading by a whole lot in all the polls. And today, Donald Trump and uh, Mr. DeSantis, Governor DeSantis from Florida, guy who's second place in all the GOP polling, Nikki Haley, I believe Vivek Ramiswamy and a couple others may be in, uh, might be in uh, New Hampshire holding events. Now, the Trump team has a big rally going. They'll certainly get a, a, a really substantial crowd. Ron DeSantis has an event going, although the latest polls are not showing good news for Governor DeSantis in New Hampshire. Mr. Trump still has a commanding lead. You put everybody else together, and it's still a commanding lead. So uh, the Trump campaign, to me, to my, to my opinion, the Trump campaign really doesn't need to go after DeSantis and say it's rude of him to hold an event there. This is what happens when you have a lot of candidates. 
this is what happens when your party has so much talent that you can have a lot of people vying for the nomination. Although there's a lot of people who just aren't going to get anything. You, you have to believe that. There's, there's a whole bunch of folks. Uh, I, I'm sorry, Asa Hutchinson, Governor Hutchinson. It doesn't look like you're going to get any real votes in any primaries, but it's his choice. He can put his name out there. Like the, um, like the mayor of Miami, like the mayor of Miami who uh, apparently believes he has a snowball's chance in hell of getting the Republican nomination, the mayor of Miami, uh, uh, Francis Suarez, he was doing a little radio today. He was on the nationally syndicated show with uh, Hugh Hewitt, good guy Hugh Hewitt, and uh, may have put his foot in his mouth on an on an epic level. This is how it happened today. Will you be talking about the Uyghurs in your campaign? What the what? The Uyghurs. What's a Uyghur? Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, let me. You won't be. You okay. got to get smart on that. Wow. Hugh Hewitt asks a presidential candidate, the mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, who you've seen him. He showed up at the Trump indictment. He's made his face uh, very, very uh, available, if you will, to the cameras. And uh, he doesn't know who the Uyghurs are. Hugh Hewitt, ever the gentleman, saying, well, you better get smart on that. This has a, a throwback to that time when Gary Johnson was on Morning Joe back in 2016 when Gary Johnson thought the uh, Libertarians had a chance to make some headway in the election. And he was asked by uh, that uh, plagiarist Mike Barnacle uh, about something that he should have known about. What would you do if you were elected about Aleppo? About? Aleppo. And what is Aleppo? You're kidding. No. Aleppo is in Syria. It's the, uh, it's the epicenter of the refugee crisis. Okay, got it. Got it. Okay, got it. Got it. I stepped in that one, didn't I? What would you do about Aleppo? Uh, what's a Uyghur? <laughs> Boy, is this, is this moment on Hugh Hewitt's show, the Miami mayor's Aleppo moment? It might be. He might not recover from that one. Not that he ever had a chance, really. I, he's very telegenic. He can put a sentence together, but he's somebody who doesn't have a serious presidential bit of presidential timber in his body. Just saying. Uh, phones are open always whenever I'm on the Chris Plant Show and Chris's show uh, when he's here. 888 is the number. Let's see what's on the minds of the people out there. Alan is listening uh, in Arkansas on 1030 a.m. Hello, Alan. Welcome to the Chris Plant Show. Hello. What's on your mind, yes. sir? Well, what's on my mind is the fact that I hear always they're going to be put under oath and we're going to bring them in front of Congress and they are going to uh, take an oath and tell and they have to tell the truth. Are you serious? These people don't have any truth within them. Uh, an oath means nothing to them. 
why why are we thinking that if we pull them in front of Congress or we pull them in front of any kind of court at all and ask them to take an oath that that's going to mean anything to them? They are they are liars in nature. There is no truth within them. An oath means nothing to them. Why is an oath meaningful? I don't understand why an oath is something that would carry any weight with anyone. Well, it, it is. We, we have to have hope, Alan. I think we have to have hope in the system that ultimately the truth will surface and the truth will have consequences to the people who, who violate it. And in the case of uh, Merrick Garland and attorney David Weiss, there are now six witnesses who are going to come before the House. Gary Shapley, Daryl Walden, uh, Tom, whose name I will butcher, I'm sorry, he's a Baltimore FBI special agent, Rashida Holly, Sean Weed, and Shannon Hansen, who are all going to say that they were stymied, that they, they wanted to go after Hunter Biden, they wanted a prosecution, and it, it is in direct conflict with what Garland has said. And so we have to hope that the system and people lying under oath will face consequences, will face perjury charges, will face something, or, or else it will be, as our previous caller said, we will descend into some sort of French Revolution where the two sides of the justice system, the two tiers of the justice system, will become apparent. So I, I have to have hope above all. And a belief that, yeah, the truth actually will be respected going forward. But I thank you for calling out. Thank you for being there. Uh, it is uh, Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant. I see the phones are really bubbling. We'll see if we can get to as many of you as possible. But we also have to talk about Fauci got a new job. I know you were worried. He's 82 years old. He retired. Was he going to be able to cobble together some kind of income so he can continue enjoying the life to which he has become accustomed We'll get to that. The primetime shakeup at Fox, reactions to that, and Pride Summer. Ugh, I thought it was going to be over Friday. Apparently, it's going to be with us forever. It's Opelka in for Plant on The Chris Plant Show. You're listening to The Chris Plant Show. Hey, Chris here with some exciting news. Now you can listen to me live on the WMAL app. Doesn't matter if you're in your car, in the office, on the go. The WMAL app delivers crystal clear around-the-clock news coverage anywhere with cell service or Wi-Fi. So don't miss a second of your favorite shows. Download the WMAL app today on the Apple App Store or at Google Play Store. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It is 25 minutes after the hour. Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on the Chris Plant Show. Thank you for being here. I'm still laughing about the replay of the Gary Johnson Aleppo flub 
from 2016 as it landed right on top of Francis Suarez, the mayor of Miami, asking, what's a Uyghur? What is a Uyghur? And what is Aleppo? Yeah, what is Aleppo? Obviously, Aleppo is the seventh Marx brother who uh, nobody really liked him. He was going to be in the animated, animated films. But no, didn't happen. So much going on today. We need to talk about a couple of things, including the uh, the attempts to expunge the impeachments of Donald John Trump that a couple of members of the House are trying to put forward. And it is driving the left, especially the left over on MSNBC, absolutely crazy. Uh, Mika lost what was left of her mind this morning talking about they want to get rid. They want to try and expunge. Yes, they're going to expunge, which is what MSNBC should do to you, too. Uh, The impeachments of Donald John Trump, because if the impeachments were all based on Bravo Sierra, and all based on some of the lies told by Shifty Schiff, then the whole thing was based on Bravo Sierra and should be tossed out. Seriously. Really, seriously. Uh, we have so many things we have to try and get to, but I don't have a whole lot of time in this break. So I'm going to weave off the center lane here and check in with uh, Jason in Kensington, Maryland, because Jason always has something interesting, even if it's not on topic. Hello, Jason. Hey, Mike. How you going, Mike? Good to see you back. That's good to have you back here, my friend. All right, all right, where are you taking me off track today? Off track? Oh, actually, back to Australia because the um, the government now is actually offering compensation to people. They have a program going at their compensation for vaccine injuries, um, which I guess now the government is, is is admitting is happening. And of course, they're backtracking and saying, "Well, you know, we didn't really tell you you needed to get it. You know, it was up to you." But I mean. Australia had a 97% vaccine rate, vaccination rate, and it's been a very good test market of just how much of a failure the vaccine was. Wow. Um, and it's the people have, I mean, a lot of people are going to hospital and have also died. Most of them are vaccinated. So, um, you know, it's not like there's a, a group of people out there that aren't vaccinated they could blame, the, you know, these deaths or injuries on. It's, it's, Basically, everyone's vaccinated. So, boy, this uh, sounds like vaccine reparations, Jason. Are they going? How are they going to be able to decide? Well, I guess and that's another thing about Australian government is, I mean, you think bureaucracy is bad here? It's twice as bad there. I mean, Corona really sort of highlighted just how socialist our country is, and and, and it's really sort of raised its ugly head during COVID and with the lockdowns and the arrest of people that you know went on. So, yeah, it got ugly out there. I can't wait to see how this resolves. Australia trying to compensate people for vaccine injuries. What qualifies? It is vaccine reparations. I want the people who lost their jobs here to get their jobs back because they wouldn't get vaccinated and get their back pay. It's Michael Pelka in for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. is the Chris Plant Show. Chris is on a cruise this week. Mike Opelka is my name. I am here and attempting to deliver. But thank God Michael Piercy is here, keeping me on track. You know, Joe Biden's poll numbers are at the highest they've been in 11 months. 
They're the highest they've been in 11 months. It's kind of astounding, isn't it? The highest they've been in 11 months. And at the same time, he's also underwater by 11 points. So Joe Biden is um, crawling up, but he's underwater. And that's not a good thing. It's never been a good thing. I believe uh, Chuck Todd on Sunday was saying that the last two times this happened where a candidate's numbers, especially in the unfavorable side of things, uh, were this low for this long, the party in power lost power. And I wouldn't be upset about that. I would not have a problem with that. I'd be, I'd be good with that. And the other side of that story is uh, Joe's running mate, Joe's vice president, Kamala Harris. Perhaps you've heard of her. Um, she is uh, also setting a new record. Kamala Harris, uh, another record for Kamala, and I think this is really important for us to take note of this. DailyWire.com has the story. Thank you, uh, Jan- Daniel Chayton. Uh, Kamala Harris just is incapable of impressing Americans. And the poll conducted this month shows uh, a whopping 32% of registered voters have a positive view of Kamala. Just 32% have a positive view of the vice president, while 49% have a negative view. She has a net negative rating of minus 17, the lowest for any vice president in the history of this poll. This is according to NBC News. The lowest vice, the lowest, the lowest for any vice president in the history of this poll. And uh, it, it should be known that it's not just people who think negatively of her. Almost 40% of the people surveyed have a very negative view of Kamala Harris. Almost 40%. Dick Cheney did better. I, I want you to sit down and think about that because the left likes to look at Dick Cheney. What do they call him? Darth Vader. Yeah, they really couldn't stand Dick Cheney. Uh, Dick Cheney fared better in May of 2003. Just Unbelievable. And yet this is what the Democrats are telling us is going to be a winning ticket. This is what the Democrats are telling us. Joe Biden, who's 11 points underwater, and Kamala, who's 17 points underwater, setting a record for a new low. And, and we're to believe that they're going to win. And I, I think that they, they actually do believe that. Now, they believe that because they're, the latest polling data that shows... Donald Trump would be the GOP candidate facing off against Joe Biden, that it looks like the anti-Trump sentiment is still strong enough and still galvanizing in in the left voters that they would get out and vote for a brain-addled Biden over Donald Trump. Their hatred for Donald John Trump is so huge that they would put Biden back in office. Now, The poll also shows DeSantis would beat Joe Biden like a rented mule. Not that I'm encouraging anyone to rent mules. But uh, that is a a really interesting bit of polling. But again, we're 496 days away from an election. We haven't even had our first primary. 
the first primary is, I think it's six months or so away. And you have a bunch of Republicans up in New Hampshire, which will be the first Republican primary state. The Democrats have, have moved theirs. I think their first primary is going to be South Carolina was the payoff to um, South Carolina for putting Joe across the finish line, getting him past Bernie Sanders. If you remember that deal was done. Yeah, pretty much. So keep your eyes on this. It would be remarkable to have a, a president with such negative ratings get reelected just because the anti-sentiment, the Trump derangement syndrome, if you will, is uh, so high. And they're going to push the abortion thing. I will tell you right now, this is going to be the effort is going to be to if it's Donald Trump or any Republican facing uh, Joe Biden, they're going to push the abortion issue. Even if there is a law that is uh, more lenient than most of Europe, even if there is a 15 week abortion ban, that is going to be the topic, the number one the number one topic and the number one push. Uh, I do want to get to a couple of these stories that are out there. I mentioned this earlier. The the Health and Human Services Secretary, Javier Basera, said something during the Aspen Ideas event, and they were focusing on health at this breakout, and Basera was up there being asked questions about America and about our health programs, But he also said something that I think is a a real concern to me. The secretary said something about our cooperation with China. Now, why does the American Health and Human Services secretary need to be talking about our cooperation with China? Could it be that that our president, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., is in the pocket of China? Yeah, yeah. I'm old enough to remember when Joe Biden uh, was really uh, saying some wild things about China. China is going to eat our lunch. Come on, man. They can't even figure out how to deal with the, 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 the fact that they have this great division between the China Sea and the mountains in the east. I mean, in the west. Huh? He's confused. He was confused. That was on the campaign trail. Joe talking about, oh, China's not going to eat our lunch. And then suddenly he starts to wake up and, uh, you know, it's from his nap when he's, he's all rested. And he starts to realize, well, China might be eating our lunch. They know China and other countries are eating our lunch. Really? So they weren't going to eat our lunch when you were running. And now they are eating our lunch. Or is it that they just might possibly eat our lunch? I was on the phone for two straight hours with Xi Jinping. If we don't get moving, they're going to eat our lunch. Yeah, so uh, China, they're very important to Joe Biden. They're they're always on his mind. So I guess I shouldn't be surprised when the the Health and Human Services Secretary, Bersera, talks about cooperating with China. Can you give us any behind-the-scenes look into what the U.S. government is doing to get China to be more transparent? Uh, no. 
But I can give you a, a, some hints. Um, the fact that Secretary of State Blinken was there, uh, the fact that we continue to make overtures, uh, the fact that we actually have a very robust health operation working day in, day out as we speak with China uh, is a sign that there are, there is work, there is co uh, cooperation, uh, there is some collaboration, but it's, it's not at the levels it would need to be. Wait, 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 wait. So our collaboration and cooperation with China is not, in the words of the Secretary of Health and Human Services, not at the levels it needs to be. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm old enough to remember when it is a generally accepted that China was behind the COVID-19 deadly virus. China, from their lab leak in Wuhan, that, yeah, maybe we, we cooperated with them by giving them money, and then they cooperated by sending us a virus that they shipped around the world that killed millions, including over a million here in America. And I'm also uh, old enough to remember, as recent as last month when the stats came out showing for at least two years in a row we are seeing a hundred thousand plus americans dying from fentanyl which comes from china goes to mexico gets brought across our borders and fentanyl poisoning is murdering americans everywhere so we need we need more cooperation we need to increase our cooperation with china sir uh, please explain more. Need to be, especially because China is such a big player today in the world. And so we need to go further. We hope that we can encourage them to get there. They, I suspect they would say there's some issues that America has to deal with. And fine, we'll, we'll, we'll try to get there. I think the, right now they've got the best chance they've had in a long time in uh, President Joe Biden to try to get. So Joe Biden is the key to China getting out of America what China wants in terms of cooperation. And that's really disturbing to me. It's, it's so interesting to me that this administration is hyper-focused on making sure China isn't ticked off. China is dumping products. You know, we, we've got the uh, Independence Day holiday coming up next Tuesday. And many of you will have the holiday off. Many of you will take uh, a long weekend and celebrate America's independence. Many of us will. And if you go to the store this week, if you go to your local grocery store, if you go to your, your big box store. It feels like this should be once upon a time. Hello? But it's not. The LGBTQ plus community continues to have to work for equal rights. This month and every month, let's celebrate how far we've come and how far we still have to go. Work your voice. Work your pride. You better work. I don't know where RuPaul came from, but RuPaul just showed up on my computer. I apologize. Yeah, it's a pride moment. We'll get back to the pride thing. But I want to get back to my mini rant on, uh, on, on China. When you go to the store and you start buying some of your decorations for your Independence Day holiday, look at where they're made. Look at, look at who's dumping the products in here making money off our Independence Day. It's China. China is selling us everything to celebrate our independence and our dependence on them. It's really troubling to me. I want to get back to uh, Secretary Becerra as well. 
because he's at the same event, the same Aspen Ideas event, where a bunch of leaders were gathered uh, to uh, speechify. And at this same event, Becerra was talking about gender reassignment surgeries and puberty blockers for minors and how the government is so intent on pushing this, this gender transitioning forward that they're actually going to threaten. They're actually going to threaten states and any organization that does not provide support, as they say. I'm using air quotes with my fingers, as Chris would. Uh, that, that does not support the gender transition thinking. And they're going to they're going to come at it from the standpoint of money. Well, we um, we have issued some guidelines that say that uh, a provider who receives Medicare funding, Medicaid funding, must be prepared to offer gender affirming care. We unfortunately ran into a couple of circuit courts uh, that said differently. And so we are now in the process of having to uh, work under those rulings. Uh, but we're not going to stop everywhere where we have an opportunity at the federal level. And again, I go back to yesterday's conversation where we don't control health care. We don't control how gender-affirming care is provided or if it is provided. But where we have laws that require you to fulfill your obligations, if you want that Medicaid dollar to come to your state, we're going to make sure you check the box. So we don't control the care, but we do control the care because we control the money. That's how this administration gets things done. They squeeze the money. They withhold the money until you have the behavior they want. And in the case of puberty blockers and in the case of what they call uh, reassignment surgery, it's really mutilation. And the uh, puberty blockers are also a lifelong addiction. These are life-changing procedures, drugs, that no one's really thinking forward. But for the Secretary of Health and Human Services to say that, oh, you know, unless you do what we say, you're not going to get all the money. This is really how this administration is enforcing its will, enforcing its will on everybody else. They're dangerous people. And we only have 496 days to survive them and hopefully make serious changes. I am stepping aside, taking a quick break. It's Mike Opelka in for Chris Plant. You're welcome to join us at any time. 855, uh, 888, not 855-888-630-9625. It's Opelka in for Plant on the Chris Plant Show. It is the Chris Plant Show. I know we played this clip yesterday, but it's kind of come back into the news. My name's Michael Pelka, by the way. I'm in for Chris while he's on the cruise. We played this clip yesterday. It's from the Sunday March during the uh, Pride event in New York City. And the people in the uh, march were chanting. And they were chanting about, you know, what they, what they want to do, what they want to do with your kids. And they really, they really are the people who want your children. They want complete control of them. They don't care what you think. All they care about is what they want to do to your children. If you, if you don't agree with them, then you're, you're evil people. Here's the chant in case you missed it. Here, 
Now, the left is saying that um, that was sarcasm and Marjorie Taylor Greene getting upset about that. Well, she doesn't understand sarcasm and, and, and comedy, and I think they're not being sarcastic. That sounds pretty darn honest. They're telling us flat out what they want to do. They're here, they're queer, and they're coming for your children because they think that those children belong to them. It's been said by the President of the United States, they're everyone's children. They belong to each and every one of them. I don't think I'm wrong on this. Uh, John is in Missoula, Montana. John, welcome to the Chris Plant Show. I, I'm not missing the point here, am I? Uh, no, you're not. It's, it's, it's quite disturbing. Yeah, when people tell you who they are and what they're planning on doing, you really need to listen and believe them. And, and uh, I, I do believe that 496 days from now when the election is held, that it's going to hinge on parents and parents standing up. We, we need to talk about this in the next hour. We'll mention it uh, briefly here. But the Moms for Liberty are getting all kinds of pushback from people like the Southern Poverty Law Center, which in, in my mind is the terrorist group here, and Moms for Liberty who want schools and the indoctrinators to stay away from their kids are pushing for parents' rights. And now we're hearing that there are hotels that are getting pressure to unbook the events that Moms for Liberty have scheduled. And there's something coming up in Philadelphia. I'll explain it next hour as well. But it is time for parents to realize the power is yours. There are a lot more parents than there are angry, crazed, very far left folks in the LGBTQ community. And the parents and the common sense needs to be respected. So I hope we're going to see that, John. I I appreciate you listening to uh, the program. Thank you, sir. So much more to get to. So much more on the agenda for the final hour. I hope you'll stick with us and join the conversation. I didn't give you the details, the good news for Dr. Fauci. We won't need to have a fundraiser for him. I'll explain where he's landed. 82 years old and now getting a nice gig. It's Michael Pelkin for Chris Plant on The Chris Plant Show. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.